Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck yeah. Welcome to an all-new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richard, joined as always by Jason Brooks. Jason, another interesting week in wrestling. We have a new WWE champion. Some have said the weakest in at least a decade. Uh, AEW is a week away from their first pay-per-view of the of the quarter of the year. Uh, Moxley Kenta is tomorrow. Hiromo Takahashi is out for possibly six months to a year. A lot of stuff is going on. EC3 is signed with ROH. A lot of stuff going on. Another busy week in the world of wrestling. But uh, first of all, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I got my uh, second uh, vaccine, uh, second COVID shot today. So as you can see by my hair, eventually I'll be able to get a haircut. Uh, I feel very lucky that I've been able to get the shot. So we'll see how uh, this show goes. Uh, I feel like I got someone like just basically like Mike Tyson punched me in the shoulder. Like I can barely move my arm. But uh, yeah, no, um, feeling good um, that I got it. And uh, happy to talk about wrestling. Another busy week, like you said. Yeah, so... Uh... Let's start with, I guess, the beginning of the week. Uh, some quick thoughts. Elimination Chamber. Um, quick pay-per-view. Two and a half hours was came, it went. We had the two Elimination Chambers. Uh, not surprised on the SmackDown side. We, we got the result we expected with either Cesaro or Daniel Bryan winning. Daniel Bryan did win. Then we had the quick victory by Roman Reigns. We know officially it's Roman versus Edge now. But the big surprise happened on the other half of, as you know, as you would say, as a bracket where McIntyre, you know, kept the title. But afterwards, the Miz cashed in. Money in the Bank stipulation is done for this year. We had Bobby Lashley on Monday night go and start that feud. What was your quick thoughts on, I guess, you know, some of the stuff happened on that night? So... You know, I think I said this to you, and I did say this on Twitter uh, at Work Shoot Pod. We are also on Instagram at Work Shoot Pod. Same, same, uh, same Instagram, same Twitter. Um, after watching Takeover the week before, I struggled with the Elimination Chamber. I knew, you know, the matches were fine. You know, they weren't like, oh my god, these are bad matches. But I just wasn't into it. It felt like it was missing something for me. Um, and so the show was, you know, was fine, but it was missing something. That's something in my eye. But the idea that Miz is the fucking WWE champion is so ridiculous. This man hasn't won a handy. He's not winning handicap matches. He's been made to look like a complete jobber. And now he's the champion. I mean, he is. I mean, he's got to be one of the weakest champions we've had. Maybe I don't want to say of all time, but maybe of all time, um, at least in the last, you know, since the great Kali, probably. Who has he beaten? Why is he? The, and we knew it was going to come to this. WWE loves, loves doing this thing where the guy loses 18 million times and make him weak and then he becomes champion. Like that booking never makes sense to me. And so, yeah, I, you know, I, I just think it was ridiculous. Um so I thought overall the show was fine. I think the idea of Miz being champion is absurd. Now, does it cushion the blow at all? The fact that we know, unless something crazy happens, this is more than likely either a, he's going to be champion for a week or he's going to be champion basically for three weeks. And 
He's basically. I mean, how do we know title. that? We don't know. We don't know that for sure. We think that, but we don't know that for sure. They could do anything. WWE could do anything. They love Miz. They could do a triple threat. Well, you mean, I mean, you could be absolutely right, and this is this goes on for you know forty-five or fifty days until WrestleMania hits. But I think we're gonna either have one of two things. One, we're going to have him lose the title to Lashley on Monday when we have that match, or he's going to lose it at uh, at Fastlane, the first show at Peacock, which, uh, you know, they're going to try to have a big show there where we could have some sort of the triple threat match with McIntyre, where McIntyre, you know... Corey, Corey, hold on. Sure. You're talking about the fantasy booking. What does this say if he loses the belt in a week? He, He may as well go do another, do something else. Retire. He's won no matches. He wins the belt and then he loses it in a week. What are we doing here? If I were a professional athlete, I wouldn't even retire. Right? It's like, you know, the end of these athletes' careers when Drew, Drew Brees couldn't throw it in, in um, the Superdome against the Bucks. We knew that. We knew it. it's over. It's time to retire. If you can't hold on to the belt for longer than a week, what are we doing here? So, uh, but isn't yeah. that the, the definition of a transition champion? It did this with transition for a week, but oh, this definition, you know, Bob Backlund and Hulk Hogan, where you put the title on Iron Sheik because you don't want to beat Bob Backlund. So you put, you put the title on Iron Sheik for a couple of days and then you have Hulk Hogan win. So you, you protect your other champion, you know, years ago, but that's, but it worked then. And, you know, this is work. This is working now. He's beaten no one. He's the weakest champion ever. It makes Lashley look weak. If Lashley doesn't win, how weak does it make him look? You, you, you know what? I always say, give something a chance before we kill it. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong here by any stretch. And there's a very good chance that on Monday you're going to have, I don't think you have Lashley lose clean by any stretch, but I think there's a good chance that you could have McIntyre get, you know, he makes his return. He was on the show on Monday. He makes his either him or Strowman go and cause a disqualification on this match, setting up a match at uh, back at Fastlane. So I could see that being the way they go. But I mean, also you could I could see him squashing Miz in two minutes. One of the guys who's been more protected than anybody up to you know this past weekend, where he didn't even get pinned in the match, and he he came out looking the strongest guy in the whole entire company. Besides, yeah, I don't, I, Corey, I don't know that he's gotten. I mean, I, who knows? You don't think people, Bob people, people, no, no, no. I was going to say, I don't know that he's gotten pinned since in a singles match since the last time he lost to Drew McIntyre. Exactly. I think it's been, yeah, I, I think him, Roman Reigns, and Drew are probably the three most protected guys. So I hear what you're saying, but I don't know. It's just, it's, I know they're circumventing. They got three hours. They want to do something with the Miz. Here's my thing. It, it you know, when we didn't do, you know, Monday morning quarterback. We were saying this shit on third and four. When it was third down, we were saying this shit. Make him look stronger. Make him look stronger. You know you're going to give him the title. Have him beat someone. Don't have him look like a complete jobber the whole time. You know, and then he cut that promo, and you're like, you know he's going to win. They finally made him cut a promo where he sounded like he, he wasn't a jobber, and then he won next week, but he's beaten nobody. This booking sometimes it's it's like it's like the old who's booking this shit like it's just it's it's ridiculous. That being said, if the the end of this is we get Lashley against McIntyre at WrestleMania, it'll be fine. 
I guess the question is, we, we don't think Miz will have the title at WrestleMania. At least we hope not. Do we see some triple threat with Strowman? I, I don't want to see I that. I, I, I think Strowman is, he had the title when they needed someone to have the title. I, I thought he was not a very good champion. I'm also not a huge fan of his. I think he's a great big man and beat people up, but I just don't think he's, she should be maybe chasing the championship, but never be the champion. Kind of like some of those guys in the eighties, the King Kong Bundys of the world, big John studs, but does he get it? Does he uh, find himself in some type of triple threat match at WrestleMania? I know I, go ahead. the triple match, triple threat match. I think it's Sheamus is the third guy in that rotation, which I don't like either. Cause I really think that they're building towards Sheamus. I mean, I'm not Sheamus, uh, Braun Strowman versus um, Shane and just a, a match where Shane could go dive off of, you know, the pirate ship maybe or something. And I, of course I'm slightly joking when I say that, just some sort of spectacle match on either Monday night one or night two, but I could see something, and you could tell. And just this fantasy, you know, I know I fantasy book here, but to, you you have a double quote unquote uh, main event for Raw on on Fastlane. You've got Lashley versus Miz, and you've got Sheamus versus McIntyre. The two winners face each other at Mania. I could see that's how you build this, or you have you know, like I said, triple threat between Lashley, uh, Sheamus. And McIntyre, because I really do think you're getting a mix, uh, a tag team match at WrestleMania with Priest and Bad Bunny versus Miz and John Morrison. I think that's the direction you've been going with. You're going to have your pseudo celebrity in the Miz versus Bad Bunny, who is your celebrity for the year, who we can get into, you know, what we think of Bad Bunny or not. But he's done a lot of with sales. And he apparently is, you know, a big fan of the big fan. He was on Saturday Night Live with 24-7 title, everything else he's making, you know, people care about, I think, Damian Priest. I mean, I'm not sure how much me and you care more about Damian Priest because he's with Bad Bunny, but I think that's the direction they're going. Yeah. Damian Priest, Bad Bunny versus Miz and Morris. I think that's you, the you, you know, Corey, you did a great breakdown. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, so the idea is you have Sheamus against Drew, number one title, Miz and Lashley. No, I think that's I think that's interesting. I, and and have Strowman against Mick because where'd Shane come from? Now he's just coming out. So. You're right. I, I think all those things could be in play. I think that's I think that's very, very interesting. And oh, and before I forget, I wanted to mention at the beginning of the show uh, for all of our buddies in the uh, our life groups this past uh, Monday, there was a special episode of the step back with uh, Jacob Anthony Moses joined us in the chat. Uh, they had former NBA great Kenny Anderson on. Everyone should check that out on uh, the, the uh, Life Group YouTube page and also on the, the podcast feed. Very good interview. Everyone should definitely check that out. Um, before we move on, Jay, I mean, otherwise, I mean, I thought the the show itself, thought it was a decent show. I didn't think it was a great show. I mean, I thought that nothing was terrible. I, I thought they did, if you wanted to put the title on Riddle, I thought they did it the right way by having, you know, him pin John Morrison. And having him and Morrison having you know a mini feud for, for three weeks. Before. But he's another guy, Riddle. He's lost like eight times to Lashley. Yeah. So now we give him the title again. What is the, the booking is Bizarre. terrible, terrible. But it is. I'm glad Riddle won a title. I think it'll be good for him, um, and I think he'll be a good champion too. He'll be a work rate champion. You know, have long matches against guys and be able to help put them over. And and um, I, I think you'll really see him shine. I agree. Um, like I said, 
last thing on uh, on the event itself, I would like to just get your quick opinion because I didn't think it was the best way to do it, but I felt it was, I guess, you do what you got to do in the situation. I didn't love the way that, especially when you find out the Miz was a title at the end of the night, that Roman Re you set up the Roman Reigns edge thing there. I mean, especially where you, it ends where if you're edge, I'm like, I'm going to face, I'm going to face the Miz because he's the easy, you know, the easiest target, you know, you wait till it kind of made a little no sense when for weeks you're saying, I'm going to wait until the end of the elimination chamber to find out who I'm facing. And all of a sudden it's like, all right, I'm spearing him and I'm facing him. I'm not even waiting for Drew McIntyre who might lose the title, you know? It was a little silly by Edge. Yeah, but you know then, yeah, it, it makes sense because, you know, he's talking about being the ultimate opportunist and then he's going against, you know. An actual guy. But, yeah, but then, they, the, then there's the idea that Edge, who's a babyface, could spin it, unlike the whole Moxley Omega thing, where, where, where he can, Edge can spin it and say, hey, I wanted to go against the best. I want to beat the best. Right. It's been taking me 10 years to come back. I won the Royal Rumble. This is the best guy in pro wrestling, you know, whatever, quote unquote. This is the best guy in pro wrestling. I want to take on the best, and he's the best. So, I mean, that that's an easy way kind of get to get around that, I think. Yeah. Um, only other thing, I guess, a Monday Night Raw of any interest before we move on to much more interesting things. We found officially that Rhea Ripley will be joining the Raw brand uh, coming soon. I will be the first one to say I was wrong. She did not debut on Sunday in Elimination Chamber. Neither did Asuka having a match. Asuka uh, still hasn't defended the title, you know, in quite a long time. It'll be interesting where they go with Asuka going into WrestleMania. That'll be something we'll discuss on the weeks to come. But uh, overall, good show. It'll be interesting to see what they do going forward with uh, some of these matchups, which we'll talk about in the weeks to come. Yeah, I agree. Um, maybe Asuka against Ripley. Uh, the only thing that was funny of note, Mick Foley was on Twitter and he basically begged the WWE, like, don't, don't fuck it up with her. <laughs> like, please, you can't, you basically can't mess it up with her. Please don't mess it up with her. Like you've messed it up with so many of the other NXT wrestlers. So hopefully they don't mess it up with Rhea Ripley. I, I don't, who knows? Somehow I feel like they'll figure it out. I, I feel bad that she's going to Raw, but we'll see what happens. And it looks like they've dropped uh, the whole Lacey, uh, Lacey storyline. Thank well, she's God. Well, she's pregnant. I mean, of course they dropped it. All right, let, let's move on to the let's move on to the next. Thing. I don't talk about Lacey. Yeah. I was I was just saying they dropped it. Um, so Paul Paul White, the uh, former Big Show uh, contract expired with WWE. Much like uh, earlier in the year, Sting's contract expired. You know, his Legends deal expired with WWE. And once again, a WWE. You want to say cast off or legend? is now with AEW. Uh, when the story first came out on uh, Wednesday morning, or I believe it was Wednesday morning, I think some people were like, oh God, another WWE cast off. What are we doing here? You know, why is this happening? And then, you know, it came out that, you know, he's going to be a commentator on the uh, Monday night AEW, uh, 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 Monday night YouTube show. I yeah, think. Elevation, right? Elevation, thing, Elevation. Right? I can't speak English language. Um, I think some of it went away a little bit, but then all of a sudden the, the text said, uh, or the tweet said that, you know, he will still be an in, has an in-ring, you know, wrestling license. What's your thoughts on, uh, Paul White, the former big show, which I can't call him that being part of AEW. You think it's a good thing, a bad thing, a non-story. What, what's your feeling on this one? 
Um, brings a little notoriety to AEW. Uh, you could say what you want about the big show and, and what they've what WWE's done with them over the last couple of years, but he did have a Netflix show that's canceled. Um, so but he's had some mainstream celebrity love, you know, over the years. Captain so, Spino. Yeah, so it is a story. I they they I really never want to see him wrestle again. Never want to see him wrestle again. Um, I mean, he's not absolutely terrible, but I just, I don't want to see it. He's 50 years old. He's no one wants to see it. Um, as a commentator, as a, you know, someone who can maybe put over on someone else, uh, you know, he's, he's always been pretty good on the mic. Um, you know, I, I think he could be interesting. I, I just don't want to see him wrestle. Um, you know, he's been a wrestling wrestling for forever, right? He can, uh, do a lot to help young guys, to give them information, to give them knowledge. So I think there's a lot of good that he can do, and it brings notoriety to AEW. So I think for the most part, it's fine. Um, I just hope he doesn't wrestle. I think the idea that the people are, like, upset because it's like a WWE cast, of, well, he's 50 years old. He was on a Legends contract. Clearly, he's not going to come back and be a full-time performer. Um, but the idea that he's going to wrestle at all is like, oh, God, what's he going to be in these pay-per-views now? So... I guess it's for me, it doesn't really matter. Um, I'm more interested in what the hell this elevation show is going to be. And the idea that AEW is trying to do another show on TNT this year. It's like, how much content are they putting out? Um, so, you know, that part is also very interesting to me, what this elevation show looks like, but good for Paul White. And, you know, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I don't have much interest in seeing him wrestle anymore. I mean, he did lose a ton of weight, you know, I mean, a couple of years ago when he was a full-time guy, he was over 500 pounds, and now he's in the, I guess it was like 460 or 450. Well, well whatever. I mean, he's he's lost weight. He looks, he, I mean, with the matches with Orton, he looked good. He looked like he was in good shape. So he's definitely improved, whatever his weight is. He's definitely like looks way better than he has in the past. Right. So, I mean, if he wrestles, you know, once a year on a big match where they, they put him in, Something happens on the the YouTube show that leads to maybe a big match once, maybe once a year, where he puts over maybe like a Wardlow or maybe you know he, he plays the you know if you have like something we'll discuss maybe in a couple of minutes the fact that Phoenix has basically become the jobber to the to the main eventers even though he's having I'll let you Jay get on your soapbox in a second but you know if you have him play the the Rey Mysterio role and he gets this huge win down the line. Again, you know, and, he, and then you have him playing the Kevin Nash role or, you know, the, the giant role from the past, you know, from 20 years ago, and that gets Phoenix over. Hopefully it's not, you know, him putting over a big show. But, I mean, if you have that, and that's like that big signature win of him beating a giant or, you know, Lance, he helps Lance Archer get over or something like that once, you know, like once a year, I have no problem with that. If that sets up something. But if he's in there every week, you know, as an in-ring performer, please, no. You know, that's that I agree with you on that aspect, but you know, if he's there and, and we'll see how this works out. If he can, if it equates him being funny in a couple of seconds and, you know, a couple of movie scenes with Adam Sandler or, you know, doing some skits that equates him being a good commentator, more power to him. And if it gets yeah, I think, I think he'll be, yeah, I think I'm not worried about him being a commentator or whatever. I, I think he'll be fine. I mean, him and Shivani, I, I think he'll be fine. I'm not worried about him being a commentator, but I'm just worried about him wrestling too much. And sometimes, AEW says the guy's going to be part-time, but things out here every week. So 
that's the thing that I worry about. Tony Khan getting excited and wanting guys out there every week, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, I guess, my only concern. But you know what? We'll see how it all works out. Yeah, you know what? But I think the bigger story in all, all this is just like, and I'm not saying this is Vince McMahon or Triple H or anybody dropping the ball. I'm thinking that no one wants to ever, you know, no one's going to want to ever leave WWE, but just comes to the idea of, I don't think that AEW is going to spend the mega bucks on a Brock Lesnar. But when people's contracts come up, come up, even in a pandemic, there's competition out there. Yes, ROH is not going to be signing everyone and their mother to, to a deal. But if it's the right guy, and yes, we have apparently like 75 guys in the male end of the roster right now, which is way too many guys. But they'll go out there, as long as your name isn't Tessa Blanchard, for some reason we're not signing her, we'll sign somebody. WWE can't just say, oh, we're going to give this guy, you know, low ball an offer or not give somebody a chance to, you know, make the big money. AW is an option, you know? It's just not... Yeah. No, we, I mean, we've talked about that, you know, a million times already. And it's great. And, you know, guys get more money. And, you know, we love wrestling. And we know we, we've watched how hard these guys have worked over the years and what they put their body through. So, and also how much the WWE is worth as a company, right? $1 billion contract with Peacock. So, yeah, I want these guys to get all the money. I want these guys to get as much freaking money as they can because they work really, really hard. So, yeah, I think that thing is great. I do think it's interesting that a, you know, for instance, Sting, he was in the WWE, but he was really always a WCW guy. He lost at WrestleMania in that match, you know? So for him to go to, to AEW, like it's not a surprise. Him him, Him being out every week, it doesn't make any sense. Well, Paul White, Big Show's been in the WWE for 25 years. So, and I know it's, you know, he was on the Legends deal. But he was a big part of Raw, not just whatever, eight months ago, whatever, during the pandemic, you know, in that big, you know, main event match on Raw against Orton, right? So he's been a big part of the WWE for many, many, many years. So the idea that he moved to AEW, I think that's the bigger deal, that he was this established guy for a long time. And he could have just wrote out his legends contract and it would have been fine that he decided, Hey, this isn't good enough. And some of the speculation is that he felt he didn't like how the Orton storyline during legends night worked out and that he was upset about that. And that factored into some of what's going on. And, you know, maybe it did, maybe it didn't, but the, the idea that, you know, um, Matt Cardona leaves or the idea that Rusev leaves after being there for a few years is one thing, but the fact that an established guy who was there for so long leaves, you know, I think it tells you a lot. And I think it tells you that a lot of these guys are listening and, you know, um, they're listening to what's out there and, you know, some of them may be more interested than we realize. So um, I don't think this is a, you know, game changing move. But I do think it's interesting with with how long uh, Big Show was there and and what he's chosen to do, leave now. Yeah, I agree. And I guess the last point on this, what you brought up with the the extra programming, I do think it's interesting that over the last couple of weeks, we've had the Women's uh, Eliminator Tournament uh, on uh, the YouTube the first week uh, of just the Japanese side did 300 and... Two thousand so far, and I guess in a week and a half, has done over three hundred thousand. Last count, uh, 
views this past weeks in the first two days did 200,000 and that also had was advertised to have Britt Baker and also Ty, uh, uh, Ty Conte on it. So, I mean, you had more of the known stars. And so, I mean, it was kind of a test run in the year before you had the women's tag team on uh, tournament on this. So this was kind of the test run of what the show on May, on March 15th is going to be. But, you know, there's an audience, you know, you had, you know, people watch on YouTube for power. You have people watch MLW every week, you know, not mostly at those type of numbers. But, you know, there is interest in more programming. And as long as, you know, it's not three hours of impact, and if TNT does another night, an hour, one of the things we always complain about is like with the women's division is only like one match at night. If you have that extra content, and if there is an extra hour of one hour, we don't know what that show is going to be. We don't know if it's going to be an all women's show or if it's going to be a tag team show or what type of show it's going to be. But if you have all these people on your roster, you have more time to develop and give them a time to shine. Because one of the major problems, and Jay, you may disagree with me, is I think one of the reasons why a guy, and we can get this discussion about Phoenix like right now, one of the major reasons why a guy like Phoenix is in your main event but not winning these matches and being, quote unquote, like you say, jobber to the main eventers, is because you can't put, this, put everybody over at the same time. And right now your booking team is putting over the guys in year one who weren't you know, being put over at the level that they need to be, the Bucks. And, you know, Kenny Omega, because year one was putting over certain other guys. Year two is putting over the guys who they felt need to now be put over. Because, you know, year one was developing certain guys. Year two is putting over your main event players. I think they did that their first year, too. I mean, Jericho was champion. Moxley was champion. Um, Omega and um, Page were tag team champions. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, singles, I, they I, weren't I don't, the singles guys, and you know, yeah, but I, but Jericho's, but Jericho's, a, but Jericho's a main event star and he was champion. Moxley's a main event star, he's champion. So I, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I totally agree with that, but um, I think one thing you can do with whatever these extra shows are going to be first of all, don't just have matches, do stories, Absolutely. do profiles, have guys talk. Have guys develop a personality um, if they do these different shows. Have it be, have give someone like Corey and I a reason to want to watch this show, right? One of the reasons why the women's title ma- title tournament did well is because it's for the freaking title, right? If it were just a bunch of random matches, maybe not as, as, not as interesting. So I think this is a time where you, because also with these YouTube numbers, it's also funny because they don't tell you how long, someone watched for you, you just, someone right. clicked on it and then clicked off on it. That's still a view. Right. So those can, those numbers can be kind of hit or miss, but um, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see, you know, how this goes and, and, and what this is going to be. And the other thing you can say, clearly AW and T and TNT's relationship is really, really good. You know, Shaq's going to be on here. Um, okay. You know, the TNT title. So clearly things with TNT are good. And I think that's one of the more important things here too. So, Let's see what this is going to be. I think they can have it be some level of NXT. You know, this is where, and I know Anna Jay is hurt, going to, you know, hurt, unfortunately, she's going to be gone for a while, but this is where Anna Jay needs to be on. She needs to be on a show where she's developing her character, learning to get better in the ring. She shouldn't be on Dynamite. Ty Conti should be on Dynamite. Nala Rose, Britt Baker, you know what I mean? Even Layla Hirsch. Once she figures out, once we hear who she is. So I, I think they could do a lot of cool, 
interesting different things with the show. Also, it'll be interesting who's going to run the show. Is Tony Khan running all these shows? Um, so we'll, we'll see how things go. But I, I mean, I think more content isn't always better if it's not good. Um, and I trust AEW to figure out how to make this different. Um, because as much as I complain about some of their stuff, you know, some of their stuff is, is good. And um, I think Tony Khan tries to be creative. I think sometimes he's too creative uh, for his own good. But, you know, so we'll see what happens with this new new show. All right. So um, quickly, just want to throw it out there. We're not going to have really time to talk about this week, but they went and on Impact, they let us know what the main event for uh, their next card sacrifice is going to be. It's going to be Rich Swan versus uh, Moose. It'll be interesting what they do over the next couple of weeks, hopefully in the next two or three weeks, we'll have a chance to get more into that. But I think that's a good direction for the company to have your two of your biggest single stars to finally figure out what you want to do with that title. So I'll be interested to see what they do. I thought it was a good overall show, but we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll have more time to talk about impact. Hopefully, The, the, but, the, only, uh, thing I, the only thing I'll say is I agree with you. And man, Moose looks great. Yeah. Like Moose looks great. So, um, I and you know, I, I see Rich Swan and then I see Moose and I'm like, Moose should be the champion. <laughs> so we'll see um, how, how, how that goes over the next few weeks for sure. Uh, so let's talk about our favorite subject of every week. Cause you know, we kind of spoke about slightly already with the Paul White situation. Uh, it's gonna be interesting calling him Paul White now again, but um, we had AW and NXT, both solid shows, both were up in the ratings. I believe it's like might be the highest rating for NXT of the year so far. Um, I thought both shows were good. I will be the first one to say I thought that the Escobar versus um, cross match I felt was a, a little long. I, I, I thought the match was good, but I I, I don't know because to me it was maybe like five minutes shorter. It would have worked better. And I don't I am, know what they Corey, I don't know what they're doing with carrying cross. I think they're trying to keep, they want to do something with them to keep them out of the world title situation because you made this big turn with uh, Adam Cole and Cole's going to be feuding with your champions in some form now because he keeps on killing Finn Balor. And, you know, part, and I think part of your storyline is the fact that uh, Kyle O'Reilly is going to be hurt for at least a couple of weeks, it looks like. And, you know, how long are you really going to do a feud with, you know, Roderick Strong? So, I mean, it looks like the next title shot's going to uh, Finn Balor, you know, going to Adam Cole, not to Karrion Cross. I think they're trying to do something. Yeah. I just, I just, I, I mean, I, I, I get it. I'm being more, you know, uh, yeah. you know, rhetorical, but I didn't like the match. I didn't like the match. Really? Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a lot of gimmicks. Karen Cross was made to look like, you know, modern day Hulk Hogan. He's throwing guys all over the place. Agreed. He, he made, Lagana del Fantasma has been a very protected group. Um, you know, obviously they've lost some matches as a tag team, but Santos Escobar has not lost many matches. And basically, Karen, basically Karen Cross beat them in a three-on-one handicap match. Mm-hmm. And I get it. One guy's a heel. One guy, I, I guess, is a babyface. I don't know. But they, they, they are maybe damaging people at the at the behest of putting over Karrion Cross, And I just, I don't love it. And also the match wasn't great. It was there all over the place. They didn't know whether they wanted it to be a standard match or be a 
um, hardcore match, too much interference from the other two guys. So that kind of was annoying. I just, I thought it was a slow match. I thought it was boring. I, I didn't, I did not like the match at all. I was not impressed at all with Karrion Cross and, and that match. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, that's just my feelings on him. But, you know, you talk about a guy who I want to go to the main roster. Normally, I never want these guys to leave. If he goes to the main roster soon, just fine by me. I think that's probably where he belongs. And and that's not a negative either. But I think he is not – he's just not what NXT is. Like He's just not what, what they are. He's a lot of tricks and gimmicks. And in the ring, he's just fine. Where that's not what NXT is. You, you watched that takeover last week. Karen Cross couldn't have been on that takeover. Who, who could he have gone against that would have been a match to the quality of any of those matches? So, I mean, I don't think Karen Cross is a bum by any means, but I just don't think he's where at the level of where a lot of those other guys are in ring. Um, and when he's put in that situation to have longer matches, it, it shows. Yes, I see your point there. I mean, I think he's... He's one of those guys who's a character more than a wrestler right now. And I'm not saying he's not a good wrestler, just doesn't fit the product he's on. And you're right. He, he'd be a much better fit for the main roster. And I could even see him, you know, being in uh, NXT for another couple of weeks or months. You know, I could see him coming up right after WrestleMania and never actually getting his rematch for the title. You know, I could, I could see them bringing him up and just because his all the other stories that they're trying to develop right now. Sorry. Yeah. I thought you were going to keep going. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and you know, we'll see what happens. Um, and like I said, it was a 15 minute match. If it was 10, I think it would have been a lot better. Um, other things on the program that I, I liked, I was a big fan of the Cameron Grimes segments. Maybe it's the fact that it was go back to my childhood with the uh, million dollar man segments with the, uh, Thing with the basketball and the little the little kid. I mean, I, I just think Cameron Grimes is coming into his own with this gimmick. I mean, he's a really good wrestler, and I think before this, he just really never had the right gimmick for him. And it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Maybe we get a million dollar man, or maybe a Virgil cameo. I know I know that Virgil's been doing a lot of stuff at least last year with AEW. So you wonder if he he'll be, he'll be welcome back or not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But so my so my Cameron Grimes thing is, you know how I feel about him. I think he's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's good in the ring. I think, you know, he's okay. He has been, he was great with the million dollar man stuff. It was great. And that woman who I'm sure she's an NXT trainee. She looks a little bit like uh, Jay Cargill. She, yeah, she say, stood, uh, when she's, when she stood up, she probably was like, she looks like she was an ex-basketball player or something. Was. When she was. WNBA player. There you go. When she stood up and he looked at her, he was like, oh shit. So <laughs> I, I think he's been great. And he's, he's got his suit on but with no shirt on. <laughs> so he's got, I, I, I think he's been, Corey, he's been fantastic. He's been fantastic. That music video was gold. I, and, and, Nick, and I, and like going back to raw, going to impact when you do comedy, that's what you want it to look like. Right. You're, you're kind of, you know, it's kind of a, a parody on wrestling. You're not trying to just, be funny you're kind of parodying wrestling itself how silly wrestling can be and that's when that's when to me this stuff is at its funniest 
So yeah, I, I think the Cameron Graham stuff has been amazing. I have no idea where it goes or what this means for him in any titles, but it has been a good gimmick and, and something to show his personality because we know what he can do in the ring. Uh, do you have any interest before we move on? Do you have any interest in the uh, Killian, uh, Killian Dane uh, or uh, stuff with possibly going back to Imperium or stuff they did with the Grizzly Young Veterans? I basically, I'm asking, you know, with the tag team situation, because I really, I really enjoyed the promo that from Patrick did with MSK at the beginning of the night. And then was kind of like confused on why right after coming back from commercial, they did an injury angle. I mean, I, it kind of confused me a little bit. And you do this highlight package showing how their story, and then all of a sudden, right afterwards, that you take them out with an injury angle. You know, it kind of confused me what they're doing with multi tag team situation with within. Well, the video package was something else, and then they came out and they wanted to to talk about their their upcoming match. Um, so it makes sense. And then the grizzled young veterans to keep them keep the heat on them, they attacked them. So to me, it made sense. Um, I think it's interesting, and I'm glad they're doing more with the tag teams. It's it's been a while since we've it's been basically Brizango and and um, you know uh, Lorcan and Birch. That's all we've had for the tag team for a while. So I'm glad we're seeing more with them. Um, I think the Alexander Wolf uh, thing with Killian Dane. I think it's interesting. I, I'm I'm glad they're doing something with Killian Dane. I think that guy's super talented in the ring, and so um, yeah, I I and I you know I love those little, and I think that's like. That's one thing I don't think that AEW does a great job with sometimes, those little kind of subtleties, um, you know, to kind of build the story slowly. Um, yeah, their subtleties are usually done on being in the elite, which is the problem, which you, you've said many times, I know, either on air or on our private conversations, is the fact that just like, you know, Talking Smack, which is a great show, not everybody, wa not everybody watches Talking Smack, not everybody watches being in the elite. So a lot of the character development that you have on your YouTube shows that aren't even, you know, your new one that's going to be on Monday nights. Not everybody watches. So when you do things on YouTube programming that not everybody sees, not, not your whole audience is going to know is actually part of your storyline. And they don't even do, and they don't even do like highlights from BTE. Like, so they'll say BTE comes out on you on YouTube, but they won't say, Hey, here's something that happened on BTE. Right. So like, Give us a little, a little sample. Like, so yeah, no, I, I, I agree. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, I thought NXT was, was a solid show. Um, you know, I, I like the Sam Shaw stuff, Dexter Loomis. Um, it's a little silly, um, but you got to do something with Gargano and obviously they're going to have Loomis involved. So I think it's not my favorite storyline, but I, I think it's fine. The Zia Lee thing. I, I love, I love what they're doing with her. Okay. Um, apparently, uh, Casey might be injured. So that's, I think part of the reason why they did the angle. I think they're making Zia Lily look strong. Uh, so I, I, I was happy with how, what they did there and it was, you know, not long. Um, I thought the EO match was a little disappointing. I, I thought they like, didn't have great chemistry there. There were some hiccups there. Um, EO's got to get another finisher. Sometimes that moonsault, she misses it badly. Um, but yeah, Tony Storm did a good job, good heel logic there, saying go ask Rico for the match if you want to prove you're better than me. So, um, so that should be good. So yeah, I thought overall NXT was a solid show, but probably, I mean, the big angle was the Adam Cole angle, right? Like that. I, I think NXT was probably not as good of a show as it normally is because of that Karen Cross match. But Adam, Adam Cole, man, is. I mean, I know he's smaller. I get it. But man, that guy's good. 
He's good, Corey. He's so good. And uh, I love what they did there at the end. He's one of the he's overall one of the top 10 or top 10 performers in the business. Promos, in-ring, ring psychology, everything. He knows how to do it. And if he was, you know, three inches taller, he'd be, you know, one of the biggest money makers in the world. And Mr. McMahon would understand what he has. But, you know, because this isn't, you know, the steroid era where he needed, you know, Brett and Sean to take over. He's not, you know, headlining WrestleManias. Guys like him and Gargano, who are under six foot two or whatever the, the magical number is for, for Vince to actually care about you. That's the difference, you know? Oh, we've talked we've talked about that in the past. But in terms of just the angle in general. Oh, it was very well done. I, I, thought it, I thought it was really, really well done. Sets up Cole against Balor. Maybe O'Reilly's involved there. And one thing I love about feuds is when you get multiple elements involved, right? So you got the NXT title being the main thing. You have Balor could go against Cole. You have Balor could go against O'Reilly. You've got Strong could go against Cole at some point to set something up. So there's so many different ways they can go with this feud where they can really drag it out until Mania and have Balor go against Cole or O'Reilly or both. Yeah, I agree. I thought, like I said, overall, strong show, not the not the best show they've had, but like we say most weeks, you know, it, it's what you do the week before and building from past stories that helps the ratings continue to grow. And I think that's why your ratings are better. I mean, yes, for the first time in a while, you didn't have, you know, terrible weather or the president being impeached or you know the capital being stormed so you didn't have the big news story that caused you know 25 of the top 30 things on nielsen to be you know news related but both shows are up and i don't think it's just because of it. i think it's because you've developed over the last couple of weeks especially with nxt stronger stories that people are now more interested and in. it might be more a little bit more must watch Going forward, I don't know if they keep, you know, the 735, what they had around that this week, but I think they are having a good balance and better shows that people are starting to care about before we move. You know. Before we get into AEW, would sure. you be, I don't want to say concerned. Last week, two weeks ago, AEW and NXT were within 25,000 of each other. Mm-hmm. And then this week, you know, AEW was like maybe a hundred thousand better, but NXT actually did better in the ratings. So did AEW, <clears throat> and NXT's number we know has been bad. They have older people who watch their show. Sure. Older people generally watch the news. <clears throat> Excuse me, the news has been doing a lot better. Mm-hmm. Are you? Would you be concerned that AEW has not gone up more consistently? You know what I mean, mm-hmm. or? Is it that, you know, this is their numbers, this is their numbers. I mean, this Shaq thing is going to be very interesting. And Paul White, they're building that up as a big show. Does that get to a million? Do they get to that million, million person um, watching the show? Uh, a million people watching the show. I don't know. I, I think I it's think interesting. Okay. I don't think that's, for me personally, I wouldn't find that super concerning because I think the numbers they're doing right now without crowds and without touring, I think are, I mean, they're not good numbers, but I think they're sustainable, you know, numbers right now because of the fact that you don't have the true crowd interaction of, you know, a thousand people or 1500 people in, you know, Daly's Place every week or every other week and being able to, you know, decent storytelling 
and still being able to keep an audience when you don't have, you know, world altering events, I think is solid. I mean, if this is what you have once you're touring again, and once the vaccine gets to more and more people and people feel more comfortable going out and going to, you know, live events. And if they go to, you know, if the September, I think it is now, or July event for like in Newark, New Jersey, which cross fingers, things get better enough. Maybe I can go to that event. I don't know if I'll feel comfortable by then going on rambling on here. So I'll stop. But the, uh, the idea is if you're, if you're doing 800,000 or possibly nine, once crowds are going back and you have that live audience again, I think that was part of the reason why AW and NXT were doing better numbers is because it felt like a big event. Yes, big event of having big name people like Moxley and Omega and the Bucks and Jericho. But I think it also feels like a big event idea. And our buddy Brian Drake from, you know, uh, has said many times where, especially in the pandemic, in the beginning of the pandemic era, watching wrestling in an empty building, it doesn't feel like wrestling. It just feels like, you know, a you know, stage performance. And I think, you know, having some people there helps it. But if you're doing these numbers when there's actual people there and there's a real sense of something really matters, then you should be concerned. But if you can keep these numbers around this pace when there's not major news stories going on, I think you should be okay. All right. Let's good breakdown. We don't want the show to be an hour and a half, so let's keep rolling here. Now with a now with AEW, um, some stuff on the show I like, some stuff on the show I didn't like. So Corey, we'll start with you. What were your thoughts on AEW as a whole? What are some of the things you liked? What are some of the things maybe you didn't like? Apparently, like Kenny Omega's building his own uh, fence and, and his own barbed wire exploding death match thing. Like a bomb, apparently. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know what I don't know what the hell he's building, but. And by the way, put your mask on. When you're back to the hammer thing, you got to put your mask on. What, what's he doing? But anyway, what are your, th- what were your thoughts on, on Dynamite? I talked to Shakti, you know, when he's building something like that. You know, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, I, I like the show overall. I mean, I thought all the right people most likely won besides your main event, but I thought the main event, actually the last two matches, I think the wrong people won, but I thought both matches were really good. So, I mean, when something's really good, I kind of, can look the other way slightly because I mean I thought both of your big money matches delivered. I thought Lance Archer and Phoenix was really really good, and every minute of that 17 and a half minutes really worked. I would have loved to have seen Phoenix, you know, win the match, but I think right now they're trying to do something with Lance Archer. I think Lance Archer is going to be you know the base for that ladder match, the big guy who does takes a lot of the bumps and where guys can do all the moves off of. I thought Nyla Rose and Britt Baker had an excellent match. Me personally, I would have had Britt win, but I think maybe the long-term story is Britt beats, you know, either Thunder Rosa or Sheeta or whoever wins this tournament, you know, maybe having uh, Thunder Rosa gets the big win in the long run and then she still can't beat, you know, Britt at the end. Or you know, that's how you set up the, the, the rematch. I mean, I, everything else on the show, you know, didn't do that much for me. It was nice to see uh, the varsity club look good, but, you know, they, they were there to do what they I do. If that match... Could have been, you know, five, four, five minutes, not nine. But that was a little bit long. I thought Moxie cut a great promo. So overall, I thought it was a good show. I thought, you know, uh, what's, uh, Isaiah Cassidy looked great for only like his fourth singles match, you know, in AEW. So I Did that match have to be that long? Why does matches so long? Why does matches so long? Does Isaiah Cassidy need to be in there for that long? 13, yeah, 13 minutes. I mean, but let me ask you this before you kill it. Now, what do you want to do with, like, so let's say that match, instead of being 13 minutes and 25 seconds, 
That minutes is like eight minutes. Now, do you want that extra five minutes to go towards uh, that women's match? Do you want to see another, that, that time go to another match? Do you just want to see highlight packages, building people? What do you want to see happen with that five minutes? An- two other guys get spotlighted? What do you when, want to When's see? the last time we saw Scorpio Sky? Good point. So, so that's five minutes. Mi- that, there's five minutes right there. You want to see Scorpio Sky in a match beat somebody? So, but I mean, that's- something. Can, something. I haven't seen a man in forever. I mean, he's doing a podcast now. I guess he doesn't have a lot of time in a sense. Uh, but you know, great. I, I mean, but that like great. Like that's the problem. Like do do a package with Scorpio Sky saying like I I haven't been around, but I'm coming back or right. whatever. I'm in, this, I'm in this match, this ladder match. And, yeah, uh, I'm in this match. Like like people guys who were in the ladder match talking about being excited to be in the ladder match and not getting opportunities and and what I like I don't know anything instead of having a 13 minute match. It just doesn't doesn't make sense to me. Some of the stuff they do doesn't make sense to me. Some of the stuff they do I get, but some of the stuff they do is like, why would you? Why would you? I think Phoenix is gonna figure out his way into this match. It doesn't make any sense. He wouldn't be on a pay per view, right? Does that that makes no sense? I think that unless Pac is the the mysterious sixth guy in the match, I think Pac and. Uh, Phoenix will be in the uh, the take him gauntlet match, and I can see them very very possibly winning it. Um, but Jay, I want to let you get on the soapbox because I'm not saying you're wrong. Because I mean, me per- and we can have a slight discussion here, but I'm going to set this up for you. What did you not like about a very good main event, which you even texted me? Because I'm not going to read verbatim because it's you know you could say it. You said to me something to the effect, "Great main event on AEW tonight," but. I'll let you take the floor. I mean, Corey, Phoenix has been on all these high-profile matches. He's won tag matches. Um, him and his brother have not won the tag titles. Um, he is a guy who seems to me to be a guy they like to have in these matches to put other guys over and lose. Oh, here's a shiny guy who makes things look good, and he flies around, and he's fun, but then he loses in the end. And let's push the real guys. That's what it looks like to me. A jobber to the stars is what they call it, right? To me, and I get it. It's a hard spot with Archer. They need to reheat him back up after him losing to Cody and then him losing, he went against Moxley, right? Him losing to Moxley. So they they need to kind of keep him. And he's a guy who I think they look at as like a main event level guy, which I get Lance Archer is fantastic. But, you know, like, there's no other way you could do it. Now, again, if you're right and they put them in a tag team gauntlet battle royal gimmick and they win it, fine. But man, Corey, it's a lot of matches with this guy to have for him not to win him. A lot of matches. And at some point, fans get to be like, well, I don't want to see this guy because I know he's not going to win the match. Yeah, I mean, I... I'm not going to disagree with you because I see your point here, but I also, when I watch all these matches with Phoenix, I don't see him like the, the, the lasting impression for me isn't him losing. It's his amazing performances. And I see the crowd reaction to him where they're always super hyped whenever he does moves. And I feel that's him getting over. I don't feel that's him. Like, I don't know. Maybe because he's so good and maybe the average fan who's not the super Mark like we are, looks at him as just a guy who can't get it done and he's a loser. 
But like when I see the Miz lose every week, I think of him as a, as a job guy. And I understand he's been there for 10 years and he's won titles, but I don't like, I think of the Miz as a joke or I think of unfortunately like Ricochet at this point, because he's also on TV so much less. No, we're talking about two different, two different things. Right. But I'm saying we're, we're, is, talking, we're talking about a, just a jobber. <laughs> like they're just, they're barrier Horowitz. They're iron Mike sharp. I'm not, yeah, exactly. I'm not talking about those guys, which the Miz and Ricochet have basically been. I just think it's hard to put Phoenix in these main events when he continues to lose them. And that his credibility, he loses his credibility. And sure, the fans, the fans are excited because, oh, he's going to do these flashy moves, but he's never going to be in the main event of a pay-per-view. He's never going to have a big spot. So, like, we kind of care, but, like, we don't totally care. Um, and I think eventually that's where it could start to be. Again, we'll see. We can give it some time. And Tony Khan seems to like Phoenix, and they have put him in a lot of these high-profile matches. But is it because he does flashy moves, or because it is it because they care about him to become, you know, eventually some type of main eventer? Um, I don't know. I'm also curious to see where his English is. I thought his English was better than then like he doesn't speak English at all. I thought his English was actually a little better, um, you know, was okay. But the guy is such a natural baby face with stuff that we've seen and documentaries we've seen. I don't know. I, I just think he's fantastic. And, um, you know, and maybe that's if they expand the show, he could, you know, have a, have a spot out in there. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to, exactly how they're going to do this. Um, the other thing is uh, Young Bucks with, with, their, with the dad. What was that? What was that blood or, or over what? Over oh my God. That was the fakest looking blood I've ever seen. Also, like he didn't need to bleed. You don't need to do the fake blood all the, I don't understand what Tony Khan's obsession is with fake blood. You know, he, they could have just had him being beat up. It would have had the same effect. Instead, we're making fun of how bad the blood looks. Um, I'm not going to defend that one. Yeah, that was uh... so, so, and like, also, why do we need to make the feud personal? It's for the freaking titles. You're bad guys. You want the titles. They're good guys who have the titles. I want to be the champion. That's the most important thing. Why do I need to beat up somebody's dad to prove that? I I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, we're on the same page on that one. And, and my last thing I'm going to say about uh, AW this week, and this is a negative, and I know I'm super positive, but if you have another week of television, I know that you have the finals of the, uh, of the tournament, unless that's, um, I think that's on the, uh, I think that's on the go home show for the women's eliminator. I, I think it is, but it felt like half way too many things felt like the go home angles for the pay-per-view when you have one more episode left, you know, I mean, maybe they'll do something else with the bucks and Jericho and MJF, but that kind of felt like the go home angle, you know, Felt like the go home angle for you know other things, and I know you got Shaq versus Cody, so that's gonna be somewhat of the focus because you know you have the I think you have the NBA All Star game also on Sunday on that Sunday night, and that's you know TNT could have you know maybe helped out you know the uh, AW a little bit you know knowing that the pay per view was the same night, but you know maybe the NBA said you know doing this night nothing you can do about it, but you know I just felt like so much stuff kind of felt like. Can we save something for next week? And I'm sure there'll be things to do. I mean, same thing. You had the big angle of Sting actually being physical for the first time. And I know he was physical last week, but actually doing the Stinger Splash and stuff where you saw Sting have the offense and you thought you might have done that 
you know, three days before the pay-per-view, not a week before, you know, kind of felt like they were doing a lot of stuff, not on the go home show. I think part of it is, yeah. I mean, the, the, I mean, the, all, the all-star game is the same time, the exact same time as the pay-per-view. Yeah. But I think one of the issues, Corey, is they have too much shit going on. They have way too much stuff going on. They're building the Shaq thing, which would have been on a pay-per-view. So they're building a pay-per-view type match on their show. Then they're also having to build all these pay-per-view matches. Then they're also building Sammy leaving inner circle. Like they have so much. Then they were building Kenta. They're building up a match on their show that was not going to be on their show at any point. And that's not a bad thing. But you've got the forbidden door. You've got they've, they have so many balls in the air that it's hard sometimes to keep up. And then this is what happens. Things get shortchanged. So it's not always a bad thing necessarily. But I think we've talked about AEW before, just doing too much. So I, I, you know, but again, I loved Kenta being on the show. So, you know, I can't really fault him for that. But man, they got the, the matches are too long. That's the biggest problem. Um, that is something that would be able to help them cut down on stuff a little bit better. Sure. Uh, but you know, this is this is this is for better or worse what AEW is. So we're going to continue to have these busy shows and busy events, and and we'll see how it works out in the end for them. Sure. All right. So let's uh, move on. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling has a big weekend. Uh, AEW has, in its own way, been building uh, for tomorrow night on New Japan uh, World, Moxley versus Kenta. Match was taped a while back, so we know that it's going to happen. Not like somebody could last minute say, I'm not doing it. Um, What's your quick thoughts? Do you think uh, Moxley loses the title? Does Kenta win it back? You know, do we have a, a, you know, screwy thing to keep Moxley strong? I mean, how how do you think that goes tomorrow night? And are you going to, are you going to watch it? I'm going to watch it. Not lot. I don't have, I don't even know what time it's on. I always just watch it on Saturday or Sunday. Like I don't ever watch it the day of um, uh, 10 o'clock Eastern. 10 o'clock Eastern. So I mean, probably not usually Thursday, Friday nights are for, you know, the wife and I, so probably not, but uh, who knows? I'll just kind of try to stay off the, you know, websites and Twitter and stuff like that. Um, I think it'll be a good match. You know, before this forbidden door thing, I thought Kenta was definitely going to win. Now I think it could go either way. Um, and then with this New Japan Strong thing, I, I think you can start to have some guys, Japanese guys, come uh, work on New Japan Strong and, you know, quarantine or whatever and then work on the show. So, you know, we'll see We'll see how it works out. Um, do they film out of L.A. or Florida? California. That's interesting because we know uh, the because we, yeah, we know the shutdown. Uh, yeah, because I knew it was the LA dojo, but we know there's been shutdowns and stuff like that. So, um, so that's that's interesting. Anyway, yeah, no, I think it should be a really good match. Um, and I, I'm gonna say Kenta wins. He's had that case briefcase forever. Um, I'm gonna actually go the other way. I think because they have so they with, with the forbidden uh, door and everything else. I think Moxie holds on, and I think he'll maybe defend it once in a while on new new japan strong show here and there and when they finally are able to have more travel they'll maybe drop the title to somebody in maybe at the dome if they can figure it out by them but i think that 
with everything going on, I think Moxley is the bigger name that helps with any sort of U.S. expansion that I think they would still want him to be a face of the U.S. side of the brand, even though, That's, yeah, you know, Kenta is an, a, a, an internationally known name. It's Moxley still has John Moxley, Dean yeah. Ambrose, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you're no, you have you make a very good point. Um, uh, you know, I'm going to switch. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say you made some good points today. This has been a, a good show for you. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, uh, I'm going to say that Moxley wins. I'll, I'll, I'll go with you on that. Thinking about it from the business standpoint and the expansion and, and having a, you know, a big time, you know, American. And, and, you know, we've seen that for years that they've had big time Americans, the Hulk Hogan's, the Brock Lesnar's of the world, the AJ Styles, the, you know, Kenny Omega, North American. So uh, we've seen what they've done with that in the past and they, they want to continue to expand. So it would make sense to have Moxley have the title still. And also this weekend, they're going to have on New Japan World, they'll have their castle attack uh, shows with a couple of couple of big matches. You've got uh, Naito versus Abushi um, for the IC title on there. Naito's been a little bit hurt, so we don't know how good that match will be, but We'll have that. You'll have the awful oh, great Okan versus Tanahashi in his first defense of his title. So, I mean, you're going to have some other matches. But leading into another big story of the week is uh, Hiromo Takahashi uh, is going to be out for uh, at least six months, possibly longer. So this past uh, week, he went and vacated the title, which is a huge uh problem for them with their junior division and it's set up a match on this week's shows um it's going to be el desperado versus bushi versus um el fantasma for for the vacated title so that's your other big match on like the- all, they're like all heels <laughs> i mean bushi kind of is whatever but yeah, but he's no <laughs> uh no i love i love i love bushi but um i mean that's the problem though right that's your division I mean, those guys are all those guys are all good in their own right, but none of those guys are star are stars by any by any. Standard. I think El Fantasma can be a star, but he's not there yet. Right? No, he's not there yet. And he, you know, he hasn't been on New Japan forever. You know what I mean? So, um, but he, I mean, he's not Hiromu. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's a big, it's a big, big loss. We thought them losing Kushida was going to be a big loss. Um, and we talked about it at the time because they just don't have a lot of juniors. They just don't, they have 18 million belts. They don't really have a lot of juniors and their depth is really, really being tested now. So yeah, especially when you have Will Ospreay and Shingo move up to your yep, heavyweight division. Yep, so absolutely. Comes back to bite you in the ass as much as you want uh, uh, to see those guys, you know, deserve to move up. Sorry to interrupt. But you want to see those guys move up and they deserve to move up when that yeah. happens and you let like Kushida go, Ricochet, Trent Beretta and all, you know, Matt Seidel, to, of course, to a, not, not, Matt Seidel to a lesser extent, you have to go and get more stars to come in. Well, so, well, some of those guys, some of it's like not their fault, right? Like right. guys just left, you know, um, you know, Trent Beretta left and, <laughs> and Ricochet, Rick, Ricochet left. Um, but yeah, they, they're not getting new guys. And, and let's, let's actually talk about that now. Um, speaking of possibly new people in New mm-hmm. Japan, uh, Marty Skrull was at the New Japan Strong tapings. I believe he had a, a hand in something that happened. I don't know if it was, if he was in a match or an angle. 
possibly yeah. with, uh, Rocky, with Rocky Romero, depending on what reports you uh, believe. Yeah, well, whatever. I mean, we, yeah, so we'll see. But hopefully he did something. But so here's my thing with Marty Scurll, right? He had a big money deal with Ring of Honor and they're paying everyone. So he would have continued to get paid. And, you know, he had a whatever happened with him and a girl. We talked about that a few weeks ago, right? 16 years old. He lost his job. So should he have the opportunity to get another job? You know, I talked with my my buddies about this with um, uh, what happened with the Bachelor Bachelor with Chris Harrison saying some stuff that wasn't great. Gina Carano getting fired over some ridiculous comments she made, and it's like one of those things. Like, does this person now? Obviously, Marcus Girls thing is disgusting from what we've heard, right? Mm-hmm. But he also like didn't go to jail for it. He did not get arrested for it. It doesn't mean it didn't happen. So I want to make that very clear. Too. And he said it did. So, I mean, he admitted to it. But yeah. yeah. Well, he admitted he had he admitted he admitted he had sex with her. But it was it's it's in if in England uh, you can do that. It's that it wasn't completely. The woman said it wasn't consensual. That's the. Right. I mean, that's the problem. So, you know, does he deserve a, to have a, to get a job again? I you know I think. I think that's hard. Like, look at what what's happened with Velveteen Dream. Corey, does he have a better chance of winning um, the the uh, NXT title this year or being released? I mean, I, I, you know, and th- that what happened with with these these uh, things that came out with text messages. That's been his downfall. Um, absolutely, because he can't do the stuff that he did before. Anyway, with Marty's girl, I don't know. I I I don't I don't know. I think at this point, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I think going to New Japan is a really good idea for him, though. I think he joins, uh, get, I think he joins the Empire with uh, Will Ospreay's group. Of sure. Of people sure. It gets him away. It gets him away from, you know, it gets him away from the U.S. and the allegations here. Um, it gives New Japan a junior star that they desperately need. Um, so I think it's probably good for all parties involved. Um, so where do you stand on the Marty Scurll thing? I think it's interesting. Uh, but I know you said join the Empire, but it's interesting because he wasn't a Bullet Club. So anyway, where do, where do you see them going with, with him? See, that's, that's really interesting because you have the Forbidden Door. You have the stuff with... Um, with he, won't be, he won't be in that door. He won't be coming through that door. So don't... that. Leave that. Leave that stuff. AEW is not bringing him. Look, you said the bullet. They're, they're not. No, no. Yeah, they're, they're not bringing him. And that's that is nope. If they're not bringing Tessa Blanchard in, who has some allegation of being an asshole, there's no way they're gonna bring this guy who has allegations of being, you know, a possible rapist. Like they're they're not. That's not happening. <laughs> they're not bringing him in. So beyond the forbidden door thing, just what are your thoughts on, on the idea of of him? Like he he's going to Japan. He's staying there. I mean. I don't know if for, I mean, I'm sure there's, there are cases where I believe that, you know, wrestlers should get, you know, the quote unquote death penalty where they should most likely never work again because it's so heinous of an action. I'm not sure, you know, if this is the Joey Ryan level, if everything with him is true, you know, or the date, you know, former guest of the program, David Starr, of the stuff that he was of, of accused of doing, if it's at that level, you know, well, I mean, I mean, non-consensual sex is is that that is the level. <laughs> That's the level. So it is absolutely reaching that level. Right. What I'm saying is, I don't know if like 
certain things that, like you said, like Velveteen Dream, and you've got um, The Kid in the Way, um, Austin Theory, you know, you got Matt, the applications against Matt Riddle, Jordan Devlitz. I mean, there's people in WWE who have been given a second chance and haven't even been fired. So depending on your star level, you know, especially with WWE, you're given a chance to survive. So, I mean, I don't know if this is, if he should never be allowed to work again. I know that a lot of the buzz from the quote unquote smart fans in the U.S. side have, you know, once they found out about this, weren't happy about it. I mean, it's not their money. So, you know, it's New Japan's money. But I mean, everyone deserves a second chance, you know? I mean, it says what he does with it. I mean, Sammy Guevara has been given a second chance on comments he's made, but that was only comments. It's a lot different, you know, saying something and actually doing something. Way, way different. Way different. Way, um, way different. So, yeah. I don't know if I would pay money to see him on a card. I don't know if I'd pay money to see him on a card to be the headliner. Am, am I going to am I gonna take a stance of some people who are going to say, if he's on a card, I'm not going to support the company? I don't think I go that far, but I'm not going to be sitting there running out to go and say, I'm going to go. And if he's, you know, facing, you know, Okada on the headlining a show, I don't know if I'm going to be running out and saying on the podcast, go watch this match. And I'm supporting his supporting him, but I'm not going to say, I'm not going to support new Japan world for giving guy a second chance. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure what the line is on there. Me neither. And I think that's what the interesting thing is uh, for you guys in the Russell life group who may listen to us. Um, you know, you can put your thoughts in here um, for anyone out there who's, who's listening to us. You can leave a review for us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Let us know your thoughts. Um, we also have a uh, our own Facebook group, Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. You can leave your thoughts on there. I don't know. I think a lot of times people want things to be really black and white. Like this Deshaun Watson thing, him leaving. People are like, it's this or it's that. And it's like, life doesn't work that way. You know, if you have a failed relationship, it's not because he cheated. It's probably like a lot of things that happened before the cheating, right? And when it comes to something like this, maybe he did it. Maybe he didn't do it. We don't know exactly what happened, but it's a really tricky and very, very gray. So I'm not, I'm not sure, but um, I guess, I guess we'll kind of, we'll kind of see what happens. Um, All right. Is that, is that it? Oh, we, 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 we love, we love going, we love going long. Um, Just a couple, (laughs) we love going long. Get it. Um, just a couple of quick things with um, injuries, yada, yada, yada. Uh, EC3 signed with Ring of Honor. I think that's a very good signing for him and for Ring of Honor. Um, happy second, uh, 72nd birthday to the greatest professional wrestler of all time, Nature Boy Ric Flair. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting storyline, whatever the hell they were doing with Charlotte on Monday. Um, Anna Jay yeah, looks Ray, like she's... Ray Ripley, uh, could it be with... The... No, I'm kidding. Uh... Yeah, Anna Jay is going to be out for uh, maybe a long time. Um, so that's a bummer. Um, and then, you know, and we can kind of, you can touch on any of these that you want to talk about as we, we end the show. But, um, and Josephus slash the question mark um, passed away suddenly from a non-disclosed illness uh, yesterday. Uh, the question mark was a guy in the NWA. He was really, really over with the fans. Um, I, I thought he was great. I thought he was super goofy and I, I thought that the storyline was great, um, you know, with him and, um, uh, uh, the, the, oh my gosh, 
I can't I can't even think of it. Um, the guy from the guy from the WWE, Damian Sandow. Uh, Damian Sandow, yeah, the old the genius guy. Um, but I mean, it's horrible tragedy. I mean, a horrible tragedy. Had another young child. It's like, gosh, man, like these these guys are passing away. You know, we don't know why or what happened, but it doesn't sound like it was like you know, foul play or anything like that. Like, you know, and obviously, you know, his privacy is his privacy and his family wants maybe to keep it private, but God, it's like, what a, so sad for a, a, a child to lose their, to lose their dad. And um, so, yeah, just a one guy's birthday and, and one guy, unfortunately passed away. So one thing, life is precious. So uh, remember that. Right. With everything going on with COVID, life is very, very precious. Absolutely. Uh, so quickly, I guess I'll comment. Uh, EC3 signing with ROH. I think that's a good signing for uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, they were supposed to have the feud with Jay Briscoe before uh, the whole his, the COVID situation at the end of the year. I believe it was final battle. Uh, he returned on this past week's TV. I know we haven't had a lot of time to talk about Ring of Honor over the last couple of weeks. I'll be honest. Since the pay-per-view, I haven't actually kept up that much with Ring of Honor. And with a signing like uh, EC3, I think it actually might bring me back to watching to see what he does. Because like we always say every week with uh, NXT, there isn't always the star power. And I think EC3, even though he was used terribly in you know the main roster for WWE, in NXT and Impact, he came across as a star. And I think he can be one of those guys you can help, you know, help the younger talent and help in his own right, you know, help build some of the guys like a Jay Briscoe who might be a little bit floundering right now and get a little bit more of that edge back. So I think that could be a really good feud, you know, in the short term. Uh, congratulations, 72 years, you know, Ric Flair, greatest of all time. Interesting what they do with him going forward now that Lacey Evans storyline has been put on hold for, for hopefully forever. Um, the question mark, I thought it was an interesting gimmick in uh, and the NWA. He was a Josephus. I never really saw a lot of his work uh, on the other NWA shows, so I can't really judge on that. From everything I've heard, he was a really good dude that, just like, you know, a Brody Lee, no one ever had anything bad to say about him. He had a uh, fun fact, I guess, uh, in the Brody Lee documentary on uh, Viceland, you know, um, he actually was one of the stand-ins when they, you know, do the uh, like the silhouettes and stuff for um, Dark Bru- uh, Bruiser Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody. He was the uh, one of the. He was the stand-in. He, he oh, played, that's, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. That makes sense. Similar body types. Right. So I mean, um, and you know, we brought up before Hiroma. That's a big loss. Anna Jay. I think she's come a long way in you know in like the two years she's been in. And I, she was on uh, the AW. Um, podcast they do and she's basically only been doing live tv wrestling since the pandemic happened so i mean she's come a long way in a very short period of time and it'll be interesting to see how much she's still used on you know the bte with the uh the skits with the dark order you know what they do because they had the storyline that gets dropped with her being the person who didn't want adam page to be part of it if they continue that if she's still doing that. i mean i know that her and uh Tay Conte are going to be doing a Twitch uh, Q&A every week. So at least she'll be involved during her time off. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with her. So I think it's really interesting to see how much she stays involved and what happens in her time off with her coverage. So I think, because I do think she 
does have a bright future. But Jay, we covered a lot of interesting things this week. Uh, you already did the plug for us, but how about you let people know about some of the Life Group podcasts and uh, was found out that you're actually going to be on one of our marquee shows uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah. Um, so we've got Dong City with Henry and Vince on Mondays. I think that's the show I'm going to be on, correct? Yes. Uh, not uh, so talking, about, talking about the thing I was making fun of, the baseball movies. So um, uh, that should be fun. I, I really like not up on baseball movies. There are some baseball movies that you would think like, oh, you're a 41-year-old man. You've watched this baseball movie. And it's like, nope, I have not. So maybe I'll do a deep dive into baseball movies because like, what else is there to do? Uh, March, Tuesday, you'll be on there on uh, the, the week of March 8th. You'll be yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, uh, to keep the to catch up. So, I got some catching, I got some baseball watching, movie watching to do. Uh, we've got the Audible with Matt and Randy, um, the football uh, podcast, uh, a lot going on with the NFL. Apparently, Russell Wilson wants out of Seattle. Jesus. Um, Wednesday, we've got the step back with Jacob and Leon. Uh, they had Kenny Anderson on, the former great net and Georgia Tech star. Uh, you've got us on Thursdays. We're a uh, work shoot wrestling podcast. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, just look us up. And then Sunday, you've got total bases with Felipe and Sean, another baseball podcast. So it's our fantasy, uh, fantasy, uh, fa- more of a fantasy, fantasy going. All right. So yeah, I mean, listen, shit, this is the time, right? The athletic just came out with their, all their fantasy stuff. We got, Eno Saris's top 100 pictures. I'm starting to look at some research. We got, a, we, got a, we got one to do in a couple weeks. Yeah. I'm starting to make some some futures bets, so I'm 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 ready. So yeah, some exciting stuff with um with these podcasts. So the Life Group podcasts are all good guys. Some fun podcasts, some good content. You guys can be involved by uh, sending in comments during the show. So it's kind of a, a active listening, but you're not you know this is WFN. You're not calling. So but you can still be very very active in in kind of how the show goes and things that happen. So. Please check those podcasts out. Thanks. And as always, uh, we have our sister podcast, our comedy podcast. Uh, Jay, you know the name of that one? You don't know Jackie. You don't know Jackie. Jackie Andy, Jackie Rachel, Jackie Corey, the comedy podcast for the ages. And not not Jackie Corey. Um, But uh, (laughs) we finished, we just uh, released this past Wednesday. We finished up our uh, birthday related podcast people born in our year we've did the 1985 1978 one uh for jack yandy and for me that was another interesting episode this upcoming week i believe we'll be doing the uh, david arquette uh episode and more to come with those uh but jay final topic of the week before we quickly get out of here uh this coming sunday as i guess as a test for people to remember that aw won't be on Saturdays for at least this upcoming pay-per-view. We're going to have a special, not on BR Live, but actually on Beach, um, BleacherReport.com, which I guess is their big site, which I'll be honest, I haven't been on Bleacher Report many times. I don't know if, Jay, if you've ever been on Bleacher Report, but I guess... A couple of times? A couple of I, times? Oh, by the way, a quick note. I have watched Ring of Honor, and it's still been solid. So okay. everyone, keep, keep watching Ring of Honor. They had a couple of kind of rough shows after final battle because you know they never do the storylines right after the show they've had some good shows bleacher report i feel like i think i'm confused with bleacher report because i know they they do like fantasy stuff and they do like a bunch of different stuff but anyway whatever go ahead so they're on they're not on br live 
they're on the Bleacher Report. What's the difference? Isn't BR isn't BR Live Bleacher Report? No, I guess BR Live is their streaming site, and Bleacher Bleacher Report, their actual website, is I guess the whole entire world goes on that website. I guess it's their their main website, and this is going to be at least Tony Khan feels that this is going to be a much bigger platform. And Jay, I think you're going bigger to than bigger. YouTube. Well, I guess it might, I don't know if it'll go YouTube's, on. YouTube's a bigger platform than like anything. I don't know if it'll go on YouTube afterwards, but they're, they're going to have a show on Sunday, which you, the main event's going to be Rio versus Thunder Rosa. For uh, the winner will face Nyla Rose. You're going to have the finals of the Japanese side, Rio uh, Mizanuku. Oh, God, I can't pronounce that. And uh, Yuko Sak- Sakazaki. Yes, my, my, yes my let's best. go with those pronunciations. Uh, the magical girl, and then you're gonna have a six woman uh, tag for the Japanese side. Two forums on here, Jay. What's your interest level in the special? Being and like I said, I guess you answered the second part. Being on Beach Report Live, I guess it means nothing to you. But what's your thoughts on this Sunday night special? And do you think people will actually watch? Because I, me personally, if they can figure out, if they can figure out what what where it's on, they'll they'll watch it. Um... I don't really think they did a good enough job really telling people. Like, I know about it because I'm, you know, I'm the marks of the marks. And Corey, I'm, I'm the marks of the marks. I did not even know that. They didn't do a good enough job on on Thursday, on Wednesday's show, telling you. They tell, and I know you have a pay-per-view where people are paying, you know, $50 or however much it is. So you have to go and promote that. And you're also promoting Big Show coming in. And you're the, promoting Shaq. And Corey, this is the issue. Too They've much. got so much going on. They can't keep it all straight. But I guess, but like I said, do you think people are going to watch this? Is Rio versus Thunder Rosa a big enough match for people to go out of their way? We all say women's wrestling is not represented enough. We can't, we only have one match a week. This will be the third straight week in a row where we have women's wrestling. And by watching this, you're going to know who's going to be wrestling on Monday, you know, and all this other stuff. So I mean, yeah, well, I'm talking about women's wrestling being represented on Dynamite, their flagship show, not some random show on Bleacher Report, BR Live, YouTube, or whatever. Um, I mean, listen, it's a you know good card. I mean, this is the best, probably the best women's card they could have. Rio against Thunder Rosa, and and you know these the, the other the other women that are that are wrestling. Um, yeah, it should be it should be a good show. Um, so I'll try to watch it at some point. I like I said, there's so much wrestling to watch every week. I I'm kind of get lost in the sauce a little bit because uh, we got New Japan Strong. So like, there's just a lot going on. So. Hopefully I'll watch it. You'll, you're going to have to text me to remind me like, oh, did, don't forget to watch this show on randombleacherreport.com. So um, so we'll see. Um, but I'm sure it'll be a good show. So if you can check it out, and if you remember what website it's on. And this is the problem. Like, Corey, we have so many streaming services, right? Yeah. Now you're telling people go to another thing. It's like, good gosh, man. Yeah. But the anyway. one, one you must buy starting March 4th Paramount Plus. Just saying. I don't know why I would say that. Mm. Well, but I, can, that, but. I, I canceled my uh, WWE network. I like uh, the pay per view ended early, so I think I canceled it like at nine thirty eight Central Time. <laughs> like, uh, they're like, are, they're like, they're like, why are you canceling, uh, motherfuckers? Because you're on another, you're on another str- uh, service. <laughs> that's cheaper. So yeah, that's why. Yeah, it's free. Uh, I get it for free. Yeah. But, so uh, yeah, but anyway. See, so, like I said, 
Uh, it's gonna be interesting. I'll try to check it out. I'm not. I'll be. I think I might be at work, so I might have to uh, watch it in between. Hopefully, things not going crazy. But uh, Jay, another really interesting show this week. Uh, definitely check out all of other the shows on the Life Group Network, and of course, uh, check out on the Life Group Network uh, on wherever you check out audio wise, and also you can check it out on the Life Group's YouTube uh, site, a uh, YouTube page. Definitely check out the Step Back with Kenny Anderson. Great show, great pickup by the, by the two, by both of them, getting a huge guest and hopefully many more to come in the future. But Jay, as always, the final word is yours. I think we're done here. See ya.